Welcome to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast, the podcast that wants to help you reach your best and most divine potential. Each week, we dive into topics concerning inner healing, wellness, and spirituality. We discuss strategies and practice from our own personal experiences regarding higher energies, trauma, and connecting to the divine as we take you through our own personal journeys to discover the highest versions of ourselves. In combination with guest speakers, we bring you a comprehensive guide to mental and spiritual wellness and the ability to connect to yourself and the world around you on a deeper level. I'm Nicole. And I'm Christina. And we are two sisters who want to take you along on our spiritual and healing journey. We are each on our own individual healing and spiritual path and bring unique perspectives regarding yoga, chakra healing, meditation, intuition, and trauma healing. Sometimes life is messy, sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes everything falls perfectly into place. Join us as we navigate the path to divine enlightenment together. Welcome sisters, brothers, and non-binary listeners to episode 14 of the Sisterhood of Healing podcast. On today's episode, we have self-love coach Nikki here to discuss helping our children heal. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. We're so happy that you're here because we think that um, it's really important to, I mean, as adults, I mean, you and I were in the same uh, program, but we understand the importance of healing and self-love, but children might not understand that as well, or we might not understand like how to support our children so that like teach them how to love themselves. So I think that what you're doing is so amazing. So thank you for doing that. No problem. Thank you. (laughs) So we connected because you and Christina are in the uh, same self-love coach program. So can you tell us about um, maybe how you ended up in that program and what you do and what you plan on doing with that program? Yes. So um, I am a certified self-admiration coach. So I do self-discovery and self-care. Um, I decided to join the program because I knew self-love was important. I knew how to do self-love, but to put it into words was a little bit tricky for me because it's different for everybody, right? So um, I decided to add self-love onto my um, coaching certification. And um, I decided that I will work with women and work with children, uh, specifically boys. I want to work with boys on self-love. I love that. That's awesome. Um, I find like self-love, like people find it in adulthood because it's a way for them to heal from trauma. And I think it's fantastic that really you're starting from the ground up with children mm-hmm. so that they, they don't have to heal as adults. So that's amazing that you're doing mm-hmm. that. Definitely. I felt like um, in my boys, I have two boys. I didn't want them to heal from childhood trauma. So I said, yeah, let's start, you know, a little self-love journey for you and see how it goes. Oh, that's so amazing. And equipping them with those skills. So if they come up against some sort of hardship or struggle or trauma when they're older, like they, they have those skills to deal with it, like to process their emotions and, and kind of sit with themselves. And that's so many of us, I think, I know I lacked those skills. So 
I think it's so important to build that up in your children. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I lacked those skills as well growing up. Um, you know, you were told to do what your parents told you to do. You had no opinion. You couldn't yeah. say, hey, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trying to be doing it because of like this reason. Right. Like you're taught right. to not listen to your feelings. Yeah. Right. I wanted my boys to have a voice. So. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. That's so important. And to have like a, like a voice that's coming from like such a, such a place of like knowing and like self-worth too. I think that's, that's important as well. Like knowing like who they are and like why they're feeling these things and like why they're speaking these things. Right. Because we grow up, we're grown to be whatever our parents want us to be, you know, like, oh, you have to get good grades. You have to act a certain way. Um, you can't talk like this you can't walk like this you can't move you can't run you know it was always stipulations on what your parents wanted you to do yeah yeah we've had conversations like that all the time (laughs) (laughs) all the time and then we become adults and we're like oh well I'm not really happy with doing this but I did everything that I was told to do so Mm -hmm. how am I not happy like how am I not intrinsically happy yeah right right you yeah. had to be the good girl or the good boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And always listen to authority and don't challenge them. And then, yeah, you grow up and, and you realize that you've just been like living your life like status quo and like you haven't thought twice about anything that you're doing because you, you've right. done what you're told to do, right? Right, it's the norm. Like, oh, my boss says do this. I don't know why she said it, but, or he said it, but I'm going to do it like yeah. just go along with everything yeah and then you get lost yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> real lost <laughs> so you have two boys how old your boys three and nine. Oh, oh. so cute <laughs> what are their names xavier and xavian oh, oh i love x-men yeah. <laughs> i love it i love that so much on that so nice so they're about like so we're five and a half years apart in age they're about like the same uh age range apart it's kind of cool it's kind of a neat dynamic yeah yes (laughs) so are they the reason that you decided to focus on children and boys like can you explain a little bit more why I know you mentioned it a little bit yes my boys were the reason and also um (laughs) not in my past life but in my previous career I was a teacher so I worked with a lot of kids um, and boys, especially for some reason there, I always had a lot of boys in my class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just noticed how, you know, just from interacting with their parents, coming in, seeing them like boys playing with dolls. Oh no, son, you can't play with that doll. I'm like, why? He's enjoying it. It's a doll. It's a toy. And so I was like, wait, I want my kids to be able to have choices if they want to wear tutus and play with dolls wear tutus and play with dolls I'm not gonna you know say oh you can't do that because you're boys you know mm-hmm. that's a stipulation parents put on their kids so I wanted my children to love who they are love what they want to play with um have their own opinions um grow up healthy because a lot of men grow up not being able to express how they feel their emotions they don't love themselves and then they get into these relationships with other people and the other people just <laughs> reap whatever comes out and I mean yeah. it's not healthy <laughs> it's definitely not healthy I, actually I don't want my 
I don't want someone to have to heal from my kids, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yep. I'm healing from somebody's kid right now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, totally get it. I totally get it. I 100% get it. <laughs> Um, one of, one of my first best friends as a child was our neighbor and he was four years older than me and he used to, um, babysit or when his mommy's babysitter or whatever, he would come over and play Barbies with me. Cause I didn't have my sister yet. Like I was little, he'd come over and play Barbies with me and like, no one ever said anything about it. I think they just appreciated that we both had someone to play with. Yep. And then I would always go over and play with his Ninja Turtles because he had the van. And I thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing. <laughs> but it's yes, so, same. <clears throat> so me and my brother, we are five years apart. Um, and he used to play Barbies with me all the time. <laughs> and I used to play with his toys because I was like, he has G.I. Joe's. Why Why I don't get G.I. Joe's? Why yeah. <laughs> I want to play Army Man too. <laughs> like, I, I want to play race cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. We, we seem to like gender our toys for children. And, and I think that's one of the things like maybe people who haven't really, um, you know, investigated or looked into why it's so important to kind of like let your children do what they want to like free of like, uh, the boundaries of gender, like why it's so important. Um, because then you like expose them to so many different things and sensitivities and like, you know, like when you're playing Barbies, you're playing at relationships, really, mm -hmm. essentially. So yeah, I mean, girls practice that, but boys don't. Yeah. Right. Like we play with dolls. We practice how to be moms. Yeah. Why boys can't play with dolls and practice yeah. to be dads. Yes. <laughs> so like that is a life skill. Like that's a yes. life skill. What about playing with the dolls? about the life skill with it? Yep. Or if you're playing with GI Joes and you want to learn to be GI Jane. <laughs> like, right. Or you play with race cars like me. And I, yeah. I think I'm a NASCAR driver in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Um, so what are some of the benefits that you think could come out of? So you want to create a program for boys. Um, actually, wait, let me back up a bit. In creating this program for boys, like what would it look like? Like, how would you approach it? Like, what's your plan? So, um, my plan is to, um, it actually would be like a journaling program. Um, a lot of kids don't know how to get how they're filling out in words, but they're really good with writing. They're really good with drawing. So I would use writing and drawing as a tool to, um, help them figure out their emotions, sort them out, how to deal with them. Um, we'll talk about it. Um, I would encourage the parents to join the program with the kids. Um, if the parents don't, that's fine. Um, I want to keep it confidential and I kind of want the children to trust me. So I won't be sharing as much with the parents um, unless I know it's something that's going to cause harm, bodily harm or put anyone in danger. Then, of course, I will share that information. Mm -hmm. But I just want them to be in a, a safe space so they can you know, express themselves without having to worry about, oh my gosh, she went back and told my mom I hated her two days ago. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want that fear. So that's really nice. Um, as I'm a teacher as well and I see students doodling a lot. And I know like back in the day when we were students, that was a big no-no. Like if your teacher caught you doodling, like that was a big no-no. But like you said, like drawing, I think it's it's one of those important ways that kids connect and I know like kids with ADHD like it's an important way to like help them focus so Correct. 
I love that you've incorporated drawing into that too. Yeah, I definitely did that for my son. My son has ADHD. Um, drawing and writing, writing is not his strong suit, but he loves to draw and he will draw pictures and then he's able to explain what's going on in the pictures. So I usually ask, hey, can you draw me a picture of how you're feeling today? And he'll either draw some man with his head on fire and I'm like what's what's going on and he's like I'm angry (laughs) I'm like oh I see it now (laughs) and I like too that we can assume like if he's drawing someone with his head on fire like ooh, probably not a good emotion but you don't tell him what he's feeling like you ask Mm it yeah yeah that's so important too for us to like not like for us to give our children a voice and allow them Mm -hmm. to express themselves Mm definitely wow so what are some of the benefits of journaling for children and drawing pictures for children like if these are parts of your program like what are some of the benefits to children of doing those things some benefits will give it will give the children the tools to be able to express themselves it will give them the tools and the confidence to be able to love themselves wholly um a lot of kids grow up I know I did I thought you know I'm going against my mom. Something has to be wrong with me, right? Like, I don't want to do what she wants me to do. Um, my mom was like, oh, you you can grow up, graduate high school and get a job. And I'm like, no, I want to go to college. <laughs> She's like, no, you should get a job. And I'm like, no, I really want to go to college. So I went against the grain, of course. I went to college. Um, but yeah, just, you know, being able to have that confidence to say, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. This is how I feel. Just having that safe space of being able to express yourself um, and the confidence. A lot of kids don't have confidence. Nowadays, there's a lot of bullying going on um, for different reasons. It could be they're not smarter than most kids or you know, they're not wearing the latest gear out in clothes and shoes. Um, it's just so kids are cruel these days. So <laughs> I just want to make sure that any kid has the confidence to be who they are are interrupted without being conformed to what adults want them to be Mm. Mm, so important yeah yeah like we were saying like we definitely had that struggle too it's so easy because you you want to please your parents right like they are your first and foremost like role models you don't think that they would lead you astray and like they do the best they can well and but they, they do it because they think they're, they're leading you in a way that's going to benefit you the most, but right. not necessarily like the path that's going to make you the happiest or the outcome mm-hmm. that's going to make you the happiest. Mm-hmm. Right. I always say you, you do better. You do what you can until you know better and then you do better. Yep. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. That's such a great thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until, and a lot of us sometimes don't know better because we don't really challenge like the status quo or like challenge what we've been taught and we are wondering why we aren't happy or aren't right yeah (laughs) right we're looking everywhere else for happiness instead of inside of ourselves yeah yeah it's like right there the whole time just like go within anything can be found by like going within Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so true yeah so what can happen like if we're not offering our children like these these outlets like to journal and to draw or like these outlets to share their emotions like what are some potential outcomes for these children like when they grow into adolescence or when they grow into adulthood well you'll end up with an angry teenager (laughs) 
probably defiant going against everything you say now because now they're like wait I'm a teenager you can't tell me what to do anymore I'm taller than you now (laughs) (laughs) or you'll get adults that are like I mean they're just someone's gonna have to heal from them Mm -hmm. and in order to catch that we need to do that now as children Mm -hmm. I see that so often so I teach teenagers and I see that so often where and especially with boys I actually had a class uh this year that was 16 boys and two girls oh yeah yeah (laughs) 15 15 year olds and you could see like the dynamic in the class like the amount of times that I had to stop them and say guys what you just said is not kind or like why would you say why would you do that why did you do that to your friend at lunch like what is going on and like the attention seeking behavior, because like, there's so many emotions that have not been processed or, you know, kid, like kids that just want to be seen or like have their emotions heard. And I right. think what you're doing is so beautiful by saying like, draw me a picture. How are you feeling? Yeah. Cause I mean, let's be real. Some parents they're working, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have time to ask, how are you feeling today? What's going on? Um, Or there's not a safe place for these kids to really express their emotions because they're afraid of the backlash. Like if I say this because I feel this way, like what's going to happen to me? You know, Mm -hmm. some some kids are like threatened or afraid of their parents. And I feel like we shouldn't be afraid of our parents. We should respect them, but we shouldn't be afraid of them. Yeah. So I'm trying to teach my kids to not be afraid of me. You, You can respect me, but I don't want you to be afraid of me. That's so important too, because I think so many people lead and, and like not parent. I mean, I'm not a parent. Um, I see my friends with parents. I'm like, man, God bless you. Like, this is <laughs> a tough job. <laughs> this is a it tough is. job. <laughs> so I don't pass any judgment, but um, you know, I'm sure it's, it's difficult to lead from a place where you're like, you have to be very mindful to teach your child to, to follow you by respecting you and not fearing you Mm -hmm. but if you haven't as a parent it's so hard Mm -hmm. for you to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. to be able to achieve that you know if you're unhealed then you're just creating a child who's gonna need to heal one day yeah right you don't want them to have to heal from your trauma (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like we talked about it like we were raised like with fear tactics like if you don't right. do this, you're not going to get a good job. If you don't do this, like this, 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 this. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, everything had a <laughs> Even to the point. Yeah, like, oh, you don't clean up your room. You cannot go outside. Yeah, life. yeah. Yeah, that was us. Awesome. I don't want to clean my room right now. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't leave the house on Saturdays until the house was cleaned. <laughs> yeah, that was like our responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, like, I wanted to get to the kids to kind of help them um, and maybe like it would spark something in their parents as to wait I am you know projecting my childhood trauma or any trauma onto my kids so maybe I need to get in the program too and I'm like yeah come on mom come on dad (laughs) that's actually smart you're next (laughs) I love that you're so smart I thought I was going to ask you like so you know you're going to be working with these children and you're going to be helping them to identify their own emotions and um have their own voice but then what happens when they leave you and they go home and they're put back in that environment like yeah that's my goal to 
you know, reel the parents in as well, because um, as adults too, we lose ourselves. We don't know how to love ourselves. We, we went with the status quo. We're doing what everybody tells us to do. And then we end up not happy and we end up grumpy parents and projecting our trauma onto our kids. So um, I wanted to do that program. I also have a program now for women. So I'm helping women, you know, start that healing process. I love that. And what's that program built around? So that's the self-admiration journey. Um, It is a 12-week program. We do self-discovery, self-love, and self-care. Each one gets four weeks. Um, They get the tools they need to, you know, learn how to find out who they are first, because that's important. Mm -hmm. We lose ourselves. We become, like I said, everything that everybody wants to be, want us to be. And I just want everybody to realize it's a bigger picture out there for us. <laughs> we don't have to be what everybody wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be who we are, truly. Um, you just got to tap into it. I love that. Mm. Yeah, it can be exhausting too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a never ending journey. I don't want people to think like, oh, I finished her, her program. I'm done. Like, no. No, (laughs) that journey still continues. You just have to keep doing the work. (laughs) You just keep going. How long have you had that program for? Um, That program has been going on since October. Oh, very nice. That's still new. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's really nice. And what's some of the feedback that you've gotten from women who have gone through that program? Oh my gosh. Um, They're like, thank you so much. Um, I learned how... (laughs) To tap into myself I become I'm becoming who I want to be I'm like yes oh that's so- um and they're healing traumas um a lot of women that I've worked with are mothers so they are reparenting the, their inner child mm-hmm. and then they're reparenting their kids so now they're not passing on the trauma that's yeah cool. that's a heavy process too yeah like parenting yourself and parenting your kids like that oh yeah that's amazing like good for those women who are doing that yeah yeah, it's so hard just to, like doing that for myself. I can't imagine doing that in parallel with my children. Mm-hmm. That would be a, a lot of a lot of work, a lot of um, mindful effort for sure. Yeah. Plus trying mm-hmm. to keep your kids alive. <laughs> like be the <laughs> all of that. That's a lot. Wow. Looking at like the bigger picture. Um, what are your hopes for teaching others about self-love and healing and, and working with their inner child? Like, what are your, what are your big hopes, what are your big dreams for the world? Big dreams. Um, hopefully the world will become more kinder because now we have the tools we need to heal our traumas. Um, and then we can recognize other traumas and other people and not take it personally, mm. um, which will give grace <laughs> And then the world will become a better place. Yeah. That's my my bigger picture. (laughs) Yeah. I could agree with you on that. Yeah. I feel like I, as an adult, now that I understand that everyone is just projecting, I have such an easier time dealing with like my personal relationships. Like when Mm -hmm. something happens or someone says something, I'm able to like take a step back and like, oh, like, this isn't about me. This is about something that like you're projecting onto this relationship right now. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You're able to have the patience to say, wait, this is, yeah. this is not my issue. This is a you issue. So I'm going to step back and I'm going to let you figure it out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You avoid so much confrontation that way and so much grief that way. Like understanding that, you know, what what someone has said or has done to you is not necessarily about you. Like you don't, you're facing aggression. You don't need to meet it with aggression. You can have that patience, step back. Um, yeah. And you just approach it from a softer place, which mm-hmm. is so important. Right. Yeah. And I mean, peace of mind is important. <laughs> you can keep your peace of mind that way. <laughs> yeah. It's that's yeah. It's 100% true. It's all your peace of mind. Yeah. And being able to like offer someone that space too of, okay, I understand you're upset. I understand that like you're projecting right now and just like give them that space to figure it out because sometimes people do, they come to figure it out and they'll say, you know, sorry, I was feeling this in this moment or. But if you're meeting them again with like the equal kind of aggression or you're like, you're taking it personally and you're retaliating, mm-hmm. sometimes like you're not offering them that space. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's about right. space for someone to figure it out on their yeah. own. Like you don't need to be that person that, you know, like directs them to figure it out or pushes them to figure it out. Yeah. Just right. good enough. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the saying I always say is hurt people, hurt people. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like it's time for us to stop hurting each other. <laughs> yeah, and like we don't even realize it too, which is the sad thing. Like we don't realize we are hurting because we just kind of push through and we're like keep going, keep going, keep going. Like like we said, keep doing what everyone else told us to do, what we should do, what we think we should do, and then at the end of the day, we're like, well, I did it all. Like, why am I not happy? And because you're still hurt. right, right? Because you're still hurt. <laughs> Um, I was going to go back to something. Oh, what you originally said, how you're hoping to bring more kindness into the world. Like, how do you teach your two sons to be kind and to be kind to themselves and to show each other kindness or show others kindness as well? We talk about a lot of emotions. Um, we talk about what they're feeling. What do they need? I even ask them, like, what do you need in this moment? And, you know, my oldest is really good at saying, and my three-year-old, not so much, but we're working on it. (laughs) My oldest is quick to say, I want, I need space. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, you you can go to your room and have space, close your door. And when you figure it out, come back down and let me know. And that helps. Oh, that's so nice. And then how do you deal, so your three-year-old's a toddler, like how, how do you manage that like how do you address his emotions too because I mean he's just little he's like figuring out how to talk figuring out what his emotions are figuring out how to tie oh yeah oh yeah we're we're going through big emotions right now so there's a lot of what are you feeling is it are you angry are you sad are you mad um it's a lot of breath work we do we're trying to you know de-escalate the issue because you know we do um I learned this um technique while I was teaching called um be a balloon so i uh, blow them up like a balloon <laughs> we let all the air out it's a breathing technique um it helps so yeah it's a lot of talking and doing with him um because three-year-olds have big emotions <laughs> <laughs> and they probably don't understand what those emotions are yet yeah. <laughs> right they just know that they're happening yeah <laughs> And when did you start this process with the boys? Like, so did you start it recently with your three-year-old? Did you start it, you know, as soon as you started communicating with him? Like how, how what does that look like? So with my three-year-old, um, it recently started when the big emotions came. So 
probably about six months before he turned three. Um, he'll be four this October. Mm -hmm. um, I had to start really talking about emotions and kind of helping him with it. Um, a lot of things trigger him. I'm not quite sure why, but um, hopefully when he's four and he's able to communicate even better, he'll be able to tell me what the triggers are. But um, I can't help him through the triggers right now because he's really not connecting the two, but we are talking about all the big emotions he's feeling. Um, so he screams a lot. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of throwing. So, you know, there's a lot of safety talk as well. Like, you don't throw your tablet. <laughs> you <can hit> <laughs> I understand you're mad. I get mad too and want to throw everything. But yeah, mm -hmm. it started when he was about two and a half. Wow. And like, that's so important because those are such formative years and you're instilling like these, these valuable skills. Yeah. <laughs> like being able to identify those emotions so early. Yeah. Like what a skill you're teaching. I think that's incredible and so important because that's not a skill we, we think of, right? It's like, is my child fed? Um, are they potty trained? Do they have the skills they need to enter kindergarten? Um, are they sharing? Like, I feel like sharing is like the big moral skill we teach our children mm -hmm. at that age, but we never teach them. Emotions. Yeah, I stopped teaching my kids to share. <laughs> I've heard, actually, I've heard that. I've heard uh, parents do that. Why have you stopped teaching them that? Because I, it's like you're teaching them, oh, I have to give away something that I'm not finished playing with because somebody else wants it. Like, yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm yeah. like, no, I don't teach them how to share you continue to play with what you're playing with and when you're finished then if you decide you want to give it to somebody else then you yeah. do that but yeah. I'm not gonna tell my child oh you're having fun with that fire truck stop playing with it and let this one play with it because they wanted to yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and like you're just teaching the other child like you're enabling them as well right yeah, yeah. like oh if I want it I'll just get it like you're yeah. not teaching them anything either so yeah. <laughs> I I had not considered that I mean obviously I was raised with like you share things this child wants it okay stop playing with it share it with them or you know this per whatever it is however old you are and I can't remember with who it was but I remember at one point um, someone saying, no, I'm not going to teach them to share because it's exactly what you said. Like, like they're giving something of themselves away that they're not ready to yet. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that's, that's a really important lesson. Something I'd never thought of. And right. It, because as adults, if I have something and you say you want it, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because you want it. I'm, yeah. I'm like, okay, when I finish with it, I'll let you see it. You know, yeah. <laughs> with kids, like if I don't have to give my stuff away, why should I make my kids give their stuff away? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Then that was something I had to learn as an adult. Like, okay, just because somebody wants something doesn't mean I need to give it to them. Yeah. So it was like a hard, right. steep learning curve too. So I commend you for doing that. I think that's so important. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so what is one piece of advice you would like to leave our listeners with? Or if there's anything that we haven't touched on that like you feel really strongly that um, we should know. Um, a piece of advice that I would give your listeners, especially if they have kids, um, let them have a voice. Let them have an opinion. Listen to them. Um, nine times out of ten, if you listen to your child, 
you'll know exactly what to do. You'll know exactly what they need. Hmm. It's simple, but um, probably not something that parents actively think of when when in like a crisis situation with their children. Mm-hmm. When tempers yeah. are flaring. Yeah. Or, yep. You're dragging your kid yep. out of a toy store. Yeah. No, like, yeah. Hmm. And I think that would, like, that goes for adults too. Like, if we just listen to each other. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> each other. Active listening is important. <laughs> yes. Because yes. sometimes we're just so eager. When Actually, when I was a teenager, I did this workshop and they, one of the like ice breaking tools was they had us actively listening. They would say, okay, this is a question you're going to ask your partner. That whole time you have to listen. You have to pick out three things that you want to ask them. Don't be thinking about what you're going to say, which is what I think a lot of us do in conversation well yeah we um we listen to respond not to understand mm, I'm sure you guys right. that phrase before mm-hmm. yeah. right and I always say it's not communication is key comprehension oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you have two people talking at each other but what is actually being comprehended or right <laughs> that. yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh, comprehension. I love, I love that. Okay, I have one more question for you. And I don't know if this is too personal or putting you on the spot, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what kind of men do you hope that your boys will grow up to be from everything that you're teaching them? Oh, well. Um, <laughs> Big question, I, I know. <laughs> fine young men. <laughs> I hope they're able to navigate in the world and I hope they are healthy, you know, just being able to be healthy mentally and physically and emotionally, um, being whole with all of that. Um, and like I said, whatever partner they decide to be with, I hope that partner doesn't have to heal from my kids. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, thank, thank you for giving us that perspective. Thank you for having that perspective. And thank you for like raising boys who have a mother who is just so like in tune with what they need and so respectful of what they need as well and their emotions and for not putting like your needs, your traumas, Mm -hmm. your need to tell them what to do first. So I think that's really important. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. so much for joining us for this episode your program sounds absolutely amazing yeah. and I can't wait to have another conversation with you down the road to hear how it's going and you know talk about other things that you're going to do because everything just sounds so wonderful so yeah thank you. I, I can't wait to see like what comes of this so let's touch base again <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> all right sounds amazing thanks for being a part of our program thank you That's it for our show today. Thanks for joining. Remember, you can always reach out to us on our socials, on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing, or on TikTok at sisterhood of healing. We love to hear from you, so please reach out to us at any time. Thank you for journeying with us today. We'll see you next time.